Hey, it's Old Scrambling here. Wanted to tell you about the Squatch Fest. It's a festival of music, arts, and light. We have it twice a year out at Camp Suniki. It's for friends and family of the show, any of our NFT holders. And tickets are for sale right now at Food Forest Farms. So get on over and get your Squatch Fest tickets. If it's hard to remember the Food Forest Farms website, it's super easy to remember the squatchfest.com. The squatchfest.com. Come camp out in some beautiful old wilderness while listening to some cool music, enjoying arts, and creating all the light you'd like. Come on out, the squatchfest. Com. Wow, you have made it to another Scrabbling University. Welcome, welcome. All right, we still got our board up from uh, shit from last week. Uh, whew, been running around all morning. Uh, actually, I was, uh, I had, uh, so Nicole Sauce, Billy Bond, and uh, John Willis with SOE Tactical, we're all on a, a YouTube stream here uh, a few minutes ago. That trio is incredible. If you haven't seen that, go to Living Free in Tennessee uh, uh, YouTube channel. Go look that stream up. The three of those guys, Billy Bond is fucking great permaculturalist. Uh, but his little southern uh, drawls, fucking great. Uh, so yeah, they were broadcasting at the same time that uh, Josh with uh, Josh the Renegade Butcher with uh, Liberty Meat Solutions was on uh, TSP, the Survival Podcast, uh, with Jack at the exact same time. Um, so I had them in the ear, and I had Nicole and Billy Bond and John on the uh, on the laptop. Oh, I just relocated out to the greenhouse. Figured we'd pick up where we left off from last week. Uh, yeah, shit. Had a great solstice yesterday. It was so sunny, so sunny. It was the first, like, really sunny day we've had in a while. Uh, if you want to see the pictures, pop over to the Telegram group. Uh, at, at sign, Scrambling University on Telegram. Uh, I posted a bunch of pictures and videos up yesterday. I was trying to get a few on my email over to here and be able to show them to you, but fuck it. Uh, go join the Telegram group. It's super easy. Uh, uh, what is it? T-me uh, at Scrambling University. Super simple. Open group. Join up. Join up. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's comments right there. Comments uh, here. Oh, lots project. How are you? Tell you what, I am gonna put the uh, I'm gonna put the link in here. Uh, Streamyard, give me my Streamyard link. Uh, okay, so tonight at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, the UTG, which is Unloose the Goose after party, UTG after party. Uh, we'll be live back up on here. Actually, uh, 
the UTG After Party has its own YouTube channel now. So go subscribe. UTG After Party uh, has its own Telegram chat. UTG After Party chat. Um, yeah. So go uh, go hook that up. We'll be back here tonight with basically Unloose the Goose After Party is podcasts hosts that host podcasts that are somehow associated with Unloose the Goose through past guests, whatever, friends of the show. Um, but yeah, so folks that run podcasts, that is our podcast where we get together and talk shop, how to monetize, how to use the Lightning Network to stream Satoshis. Uh, yeah, yeah, shit. Uh, I should. Uh, so if you want to be, uh, if you want to be a guest on here or ask a question live. So in the comments on YouTube, there is the link. Go click on that. You're in the chat with me. Uh, oh, you know what? And I just realized I did not start the, uh, I did not start the telegram stream. So, ha, sorry, scrambling university telegram folks. You are stream with start that's all we had to do ba, boom now we're streaming live on telegram so that'll ping out to anybody who's got their little uh yeah so uh yeah at scrambling university on telegram it's a great way to um it's a great way to watch the show here we'll get uh we get some fish playing again. Come on, Trey. There we go. <laughs> so funny. If I close out the video and then go back in. Okay, now I can see your chats. So hit me on Telegram. I can see it. And I can see you on YouTube. And I don't know if anybody on Odyssey can pop on Odyssey and do a comment on there. And we'll see if it comes up on here. Uh, oh, I wonder if that would start an infinite death loop if I popped over to Odyssey to see. Let's just, let's just see. <laughs> it might crash my internet. This could be really bad. Or it could work. Uh, so we are about to see. Tech time with old scrambling. Tech time with scrambling. Okay, uh, we're exploring the universe. Okay, so let's say we want to, oh, who... People I'm following. Oh, hey. Uh, it's coming up on my... Oh, that's funny. They're called Sunday Drives. That is fucking hilarious. I'm following. Oh, hey. Uh, I'm up. I'm live. Okay. It's coming up on my... Oh, that... Okay. So, it's on the... So it looks like it's on. I just don't know if I can see... Uh, I don't know if I can see comments from it. So, anyway. If you want to comment, YouTube or... Uh, YouTube or um, or Telegram. Okay. I took a picture, so I remembered where we left off. Uh, okay, so you remember? Oh, okay. Beginning of the podcast, we might as well. Uh, so next Wednesday, I am going to have Matt Seeley, the agorist uh, tax attorney, on. So we're going to have an agorist tax attorney on to answer your tax questions that are not your tax questions, right? Wink, wink, uh, a friend or just advice or whatever. Uh, 
I think he'll do the disclaimer of not advice or whatever bullshit at the beginning, right? So phrase your questions like you would to an attorney. This isn't me, but if someone in this situation were doing this, how would they? You know, uh, plausible deniability and all. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so where we left off last Wednesday. Boom! Scrambling University. Oh, I know. We left off at smoking a bong. <laughs> oh, first things first, right? Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so the solstice is my favorite holiday. Favorite. Well, uh, well, actually, winter solstice is my favorite holiday. Uh, summer solstice is a good second, though. Uh, definitely... Um, <laughs> hey, look, it's a Seattle speedball. <laughs> We're going deep. We're going deep. We're going to get into numbers, so we figure we might as well get the old brain up to some fucking speed. Uh, oh, Sativa, I love you. I don't know if you can hear the fish in the background. Here, I'll turn up a little. So this is uh, Trey Anastasio. So he's the lead singer for Fish. With nothing to return to but the demons in their caves. He also has his own band. This is his band. It's interesting. You, he, uh, he's doing a lot of acoustic on this tour. And he stops and talks to the... Uh, Stops and talks to the audience a lot. And a little girl had a sign up yesterday that said, that said, I want to sing Bug with you. So he ended up bringing her up on stage. And she sang the first verse in the course, did the song beautifully. She's like 12 or 13. You know, I had like 50,000 people singing along with her. It was great. It was great. But he kind of said he has his own band now. And he never is at home, ever. He tours with Fish nonstop as soon as Fish is not touring. He's touring with his own band. Uh, and then he has a project uh, called uh, Oysterhead with Les Claypool from Primus. And uh, the drummer from uh, 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 the police. Um, those guys are great. But yeah, never at home. Never at home. Always on the road. Life on the road. I'm pretty certain he's recovering heroin addict. That was kind of why they took some time off back around 09. The... Uh, 
Nah, there's one line uh, about doing something dumb, doing it two more times. That was that was from that time. Okay, now I'm looking back at my notes from last week, right? Uh, we had earn, save, invest, right? So we've gotten up. Last week we'd gotten all the way up to invest. Oh yeah, yeah. This is where I'm supposed to say like, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not your financial advisor. I love risk. Uh, calculated, uh, intelligent risk, right? Risk equals reward. We're gonna go over that in a bit. But anyway. Any investment involves risk. Almost everything involves risk. Uh, so, yeah, is what it is, right? Um, your financial advice, yeah, is limited to the amount of money that you've paid me. There you go. I will cover your loss up to everything you have paid me. Uh, zero. Oh, fuck, I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. Go listen to the podcast on Anchor FM. Anchor FM. They're running a new promotion. Every podcast you listen, it's the exact same as Apple iTunes, except their app is better. And everything that you listen to on there right now, they are literally giving you free Bitcoin. The real Bitcoin, BTC. They're giving you Satoshis for every minute you listen on Anchor FM. So everything you listen to, just ditch the Apple player, fuck Apple, whatever, uh, and move over to Anchor. You'll get paid. It's like Odyssey, right? Where they paid you a library token to watch videos on Odyssey because it embeds it into the blockchain. Okay, this is Web 3.0 or Web 2.0 or po podcasting 2.0. When you listen on Anchor FM... Or, sorry, sorry, not Anchor, not Anchor. Blah, blah, all that. Scrap it. Fountain FM. Ah, all right, type it in. Fountain FM. Boom. There you go. Fountain FM. Fountain FM. So, zip over to Fountain FM. Look for my show over there and listen over there. You'll get paid Satoshis. Uh, if you go to the Lots Project and listen to his program over there right now, he's running a promotion where he's paying even more on top of that. Ah, he's going to explain it later. Uh, I thought I read in that email that it said they were going to paying like library was maybe they haven't turned it on yet or maybe it is just self-promotion i haven't turned mine on yet because i just didn't have enough time this morning but if you listen to this podcast in the future past uh what's today the 22nd uh june 22nd 2022 or 23 ah! <laughs> oh fuck yeah um kind of sort of yeah i'm gonna kick in uh that's right we have to promote our own show and they're going to like match our money to make a promotion pool. doesn't matter. Go to lots project, listen to his shit on fountain. You'll get stream Satoshi's. My stuff will kind of have Satoshi's rolling here in a few days or tomorrow or 
soon as I get the shit hooked up. Um, I might even have it hooked up by the time the after party uh, starts tonight. Remember, UTG, unloose the goose, UTG, after party. Boom. It's got its own telegram. It's got its own YouTube channel. Because you're talking Tim the Tool Man. You got Brian with Lots Project. You got the renegade butcher, Josh, over at Liberty Meat Solutions. You got Nicole Sauce, the awesome sauce, at uh, Living Free in Tennessee. You got Patty, the agorist arbitrator, uh, and the Squatch Bomb, uh, thesquatchbomb.com. Uh, <laughs> right? She's working on getting her arbitration podcast uh, up and running. Um, uh, who else we got on there? Uh uh, John Dowie, when shit gets settled down, is back east. Uh, he's got the open link to come on. Jack at Survival Podcast has the open link to come be uh, on any episode he wants. Uh, yeah, bunch of podcasters. So anyway, Unloose the Goose, After Party, UTG, After Party. Its own YouTube channel, its own Telegram. Go. Okay, back to class, back to class. I'm not your advisor, blah, blah, blah. Uh See, this is what I was telling you about. He talks to the audience a lot. Ha ha! Hey, there's Josh. He just popped in. Um, man. Hey, Josh. Your interview was fucking awesome, man. You and Jack were just riffing. I, I just, I just can see it. I can see an epic, fucking barbecue experience thing where you and him are just killing a barbecue grill at float next year it's just the perfect place it's what a two-hour drive for him to roll down there fuck you get a driver to go pick him up if, if you get together with that rancher next door and you run that live butchering class a few weeks you know a few days before and then we're eating all the shit that you made with your own spices, dry rubbed on the grill. Oh, Ooh. I think you fucking pre-sell those dinner plates for like 25 bucks. Kick five bucks to like some type of kid charity or something for like learning slaughtering or butchering or animal husbandry or something. Or permaculture, whatever, or whatever. You found your head. A fun, yeah, whatever, whatever. Tie it into something fun, right? And uh, charge a little bit extra and fuck. Or, or give a discount for crypto, but charge a lot. And you and him just roll it and shit. If you had all those dinners for like the big night, whatever big night dinner night would be pre-sold and just ran it hard one night with him and the rest of the night just do your thing, you could just kill it. Anyway. On with the show. On with the show. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Custom plates. Yeah. Do like bamboo etched fonts. Uh, oh, yeah. And then keep your plate, the back of your plates, the logo and your ticket. Yeah. We had talked about that before. I love that whole Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, okay. So looking back. At my notes from last Wednesday, we got all the way down to like, okay, you got your shit together. 
you raise your pile of cash you're ready to roll the dice and fucking risk your pile of cash now that you understand how much it takes to get the pile of cash right the big guys make it look easy because they have so much money that people give them money for almost free to play this game therefore kind of for them it is riskless so when you listen to people talking about the stock market thing where they are playing at large levels right they can take tiny returns because fuck you go three four five six seven eight nine ten percent long term with long big piles of money it's big money but if you're trying to if you're trying to parlay up boo, 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 right you want to if you're trying to parlay small amounts into big amounts right you've got to take more risk it's the only way or live longer <laughs> right because you can't cheat time oh the fault of plan yeah yeah okay uh yeah you one thing to think about uh there's a thing called uh, uh there's a thing called uh lifetime earnings model all the curves are a little bit different i didn't fucking believe this when it was taught to me back in business school uh oh yeah yeah uh dollars time All right you're born you can't make shit. you're dead you can't make shit. in the middle there's a peak now Curves can be all different shapes. All kinds of shapes. Doesn't matter. The point is, the point is, <laughs> there's a peak. That's the point. Everything else can be argued. Not the point that there is a peak. So, since there is a peak, all the time after the peak, you're dealing with time alive with declining earnings. That is why getting through the first two sections right of earn and save are kind of important right the first half of the curve you get how it gets exponentially harder to make the play in an environment where you're starting to earn less because as humans, we just run out of energy. It just is. You don't believe it when you're fucking 20 and full of piss and vinegar and wanting to go kick down doors. 
Nah, I'm 53. I still love kicking down doors and fucking breaking into new markets and trying new shit and going as hard as I ever have. But I will tell you, <laughs> oh, oh, the story of the bull. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, if you haven't heard the story of the bull, there's a daddy bull and a little baby bull hanging out up on top of this big old grassy hill. Well, not a baby bull. I guess you'd say a mature, younger bull. Uh, and they're hanging out on top of the hill, and it's a nice sunny day. And, uh, you know, they look down the bottom of the hill, and there's all the cows down there just uh, eating grass, minding their own business. <laughs> and the young bull... Oh, it may be the story goes like they come up onto the ridge, they come up over the ridge, the the dad and the the old bull and the young bull, and uh, and they they, well, they look over the ridge and they see all the cow. Oh, look at all the cows out there just hanging out, eating grass, having a, right. And the young bull's just like, woo, woo, ah, me some shit out of a cow, wow, right. And Daddy Bull's like, yeah, I'm going to walk down there and I'm going to fuck every one of them cows. Have fun. Right? The idea is when you get older, you're going to do the same shit. You just have an understanding about the time and energy involved. And can more rationally balance the uh, expectations, right? And time and whatever. So, if you compare it to that story and you're like, ah, never fucking slowing down to the moon, one way fucking graph. Yeah. Uh huh. Ha 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 ha. Oh, nice. Hey, there's Gabby out at my camp. Hit me up. She's been out clearing stuff. Oh, good, good. We got campers this weekend. Super sweet. They're my camp hosts. Uh, good, good. Uh, so, um, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Right? Invest. <laughs> Boom. Camp host. Right? Someone else is taking care of my thing right now. Making me passive income while I'm talking to you. How cool is that? And telling me that it's all going great at the same time. Uh, custom plates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So, so it's hard to believe a lifetime earnings model until you experience it. And then you probably believe it. But it's a thing. So now we know we got to invest you're kind of forced to invest, right? Unless your plan is just to suck government tit. And then, fuck, work a worky work job, stack and rack that social security as best you can. You know it's a Ponzi. So you're in whatever, right? It, uh, you know, then, uh, you know, when the Freedom War breaks out, 
Make sure you get on the side of the fucking government oppressors because they're the ones paying you out of the fake no money. It's a Ponzi scheme. Put your money in, they spend it. They got to extort some other motherfuckers to pay you when you want to get paid. So if that's your plan, know that you are on team anti-freedom, enslavement, and theft. <laughs> so if theft is your plan, meh, probably shouldn't be listening to me anyway. So if doing your own thing, making your own money, and taking care of your fucking self is the plan. Okay, onward, onward. Uh, so we got to invest because we need money down the road, right? And we're not going to be able to earn as much doing whatever. There's ways to mitigate that model and to kind of break it. Uh, residual income streams, right? But, okay. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. We could go that way. We could go that way. Okay. So we know. Man, hold on. There we go. Okay, so. What did I just say? Uh, shit. Um, uh, uh, uh. Passive investment streams. So like uh, uh, content, right? So you're going to invest time doing a show, whatever you do to get ready for the show, whatever you got to do to publish your show, whatever you got to do to host your files and blah, blah, blah. Time, talent, and treasure will go into producing content, right? Um, so, if you're looking at way to produce passive income stream for later, it will just pay you out. If you're going to do content. Think about doing evergreen content, content that will be good whenever it is that somebody watches it, right? It won't matter what day of the week it is. It won't matter what year it is. Your information's good information. It will be out there for people to consume. So how-to stuff, right? Uh, product reviews, eh, limited of the lifespan of the product, right? Um but man, I watch a lot of how-to stuff on stupid shit. Just how to put in spark plugs, how to find a whatever. Just super helpful. I find people's channels and save them. And then YouTube, when you go look for another how-to, if you've seen them before, you pop right up. So content, evergreen, invest in yourself. Put shit up that'll pay you later. Um so low cost of entry, right? Doesn't cost you much. There's lots of free ways to do stuff. Do shit for free first. If it's worth doing at all, get rolling 
or do it for as cheap as you can, right? The people that have been doing it for a while and are already jamming will point you straight to the kind of the you got income rolling off it or you're doing a thing. And then just here's the pay for solution. Yeah, yeah. See what the free solution is and know if it's free, you're trading something, right? You're trading, right? Like Anchor FM helps me get my show out. I'm trading them hosting my files, right? For free and using their editing software, but they kind of got first dibs on the thing and it's home to there. So they are using that to say they have a bigger pool of podcasters, right? So it's a two-way street. Just know what the trade-off is. Uh, okay. Cat, my the biggest thing about investing was cash flow is where we left off last week. Okay. So you live on cash flow. You don't live on profit or loss. What? That doesn't make any sense, Brian. You're crazy. Well, how did Amazon? deliberately and intentionally lose money for like a decade or more, right? They intentionally lost money to buy market share, but they didn't really lose money. So, right? They... They sold shit, right? And made a big pile of cash. Right? But then they had to pay for the stuff. And then they had to pay their staff, right? And then they had to pay for their structure. So, right, they made, they sold stuff. They have the cost of the stuff and the cost of the people to sell the stuff and the cost of their structure. Now, when I say structure for their business, I mean their structure, their chairs, their desks, their computers, their wire, their cable, their hookups. Their bribes to the politicians, their licensing fees, all the bullshit that it costs them to get into business, right? That it costs them to set up the off, that it costs them to roll. So, right, so big guys will sell stock to get a big pile of cash to then spend against as they're setting their machine up in the hopes that their machine kicks in 
enough profit to start making profit before they hit zero out of the going public boom got a pool of cash right that would be your nut in the what we've talked about last week to this week right blump 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 get the nut invest you got a nut they go out and do an ipo wow big pile the trick is to get your machine up to generating positive cash flow before yeah it's all about positive cash flow right so it, profit on a balance sheet has to do with your think about it when you buy a tractor you bought the tractor this year right you're gonna plow your field with that tractor for the next forever and it's gonna have a little maintenance ongoing right but you paid for it this year so if you made X and your tractor cost X and your other operational costs were like half of X, end of the year, you still lost cash flowing in out half X. So in small business, we have to look for stuff that makes multiples on your money. There's a thing called velocity of money so you as a small business setting up person as a sole proprietor as a small thing you can't play the large numbers game because it's the end of the day you have to eat and pay your actual bills because your creditors want cash and you're not amazon you can't hose them for a few years and pay them later uh, so <laughs> cash flow is the thing so you need to think about cash as multiples how can i make multiples of this thing right so how can i turn one dollar Okay, how can I turn $1 into $2, right? Not corporate balance sheeting. How do I pull off 8% return? So how do I turn $1 into $1.08, right? That. How do I turn as quickly as possible? Now, that's 100%. Hundred percent positive cash flow. I like to think of projects cash flow wise, maybe in weeks or months. Can I make my dollar into $2? How many weeks or months will that take? If my payoff is buy some Squatch Fest shirts 
hold them for a month or two and sell them, right, for double what it cost me to print them plus postage. I've doubled up in three months, right? That means this dollar can go back into circulation to do this again, right? In three months. So if I start with the dollar, generate $2 in three months, kick my original dollar back to go buy more of whatever, to sell more of whatever, generate another dollar three months later, right? That is something like a, uh, or a regular accountant, right? You're making like 400% on your money per year. Boom, small business. Now, it doesn't look like that on your CPA's balance sheet after he gets done telling the story of your business, right? Because along the way, you are going to have to get yourself internet, cell phones, and vehicles, and show up at meetings and you're going to have to eat and stay places and all the shit that you have to do to make that sale happen. Right? So as a small business person, your daily, your daily running of your concern of your business has thing you know that like if you work 20 hours a day pretty much everything you do is a business write-off right you're working on something for your business you're getting a tool for your business you're driving to get a tool for your business you're driving to deliver something for your business you're driving to meet a customer or whatever so the things you were going to do anyway in the normal course of this, right? They're all right off. It's all right offs. So it's a cash flow story. So it's funny when you ask a small business person, right? Like, so how much do you make on that? Ah, how much do I cash flow? How much do I make? Yeah, hard to say. So what okay the other thing too right the time thing so i'll give you some examples just for uh, me kicking shit around here if i replicate plants from my nursery you know my cost for each plant is damn near zero 
on the life, you know, because whatever. I buy a copy of it once at Walmart on super sale for a buck and a half when they're about to die. And then I rehab it, make it gigantic and then take thousands of cuts off it. I don't know. Cost might be a penny or two. Right. Or like, yeah, yeah. If you could get it for free on Craigslist, your cost is also zero. Right. So if your inputs to your business are zero, it's easier to have higher cash flow. Right. Or you can go the conventional way, just buy shit new and use it up and it's an expense, right? Just the deal is when you're running your own show, it all goes straight to the bottom line, which is your pocket. So if you get it for free and it just comes to you, you don't have an expense against it. That fucking great. Um, so yeah, like, and then timeline. So plants, replicating plants as a nursery operation for me has a zero cost for materials. Oh yeah. You do a whole show on sourcing free shit. Uh, so zero cost on materials. It has right a small cost of my labor. Right. Because my labor is a sunk cost. If I'm replicating plants, I'm not door dashing. I'm not doing a permaculture consultation. I'm not building an aquaponic system for somebody or whatever. The, all the other things I could be doing, I'm not doing. So replicating plants has a little cost because it's my labor. Uh, right. But the cool thing is it has the ability to just as inventory nursery products get better the longer they sit around right so like the ivy that i make for somebody's house gets bigger and bushier and more beautiful the longer it sits around and then i can make more replicants off it so time in that scenario is my friend right I got almost nothing into it. So any cash is going to be boom, instant profit as soon as I pay my labor cost on it. And I can make a hundred clones an hour. So, you know, what I got 30 bucks an hour, say 30 cents a clone, something like that. So, you know, I got 30 cents into a plant. And I don't know house plant hanging basket uh cost me a hanging basket cost me a buck ten right now um if you buy them by the case so then i got a buck 40 into it yeah go look at uh go look at fuck even walmart 12 inch hanging basket ivy twenty dollars so boom what am i making 1860 on a hanging basket that cost me a dollar 40 to produce what is that it's better than 10x so if it takes me a year to make a thousand percent okay all right 
How's your Bitcoin doing? Up a thousand percent? No, I'm just busting balls. I, I love Bitcoin too. Uh, but you know what I mean? Even when we're like to the moon, it's not making a thousand percent, right? I can make a thousand percent making clones in my nursery and selling them. So why the fuck not? Uh, okay. So cash flow, right? That doesn't suck a lot of my cash out. That's why I love nursery operations. Okay. Uh, say you're making more of like a product. Oof. Now you got to start thinking about some stuff, right? Because shelf life. Inventory risk. Right? So then you've got to think like, okay, whatever I'm making. Or is it infinite? Or in my crazy case of the nursery, does it get better with time? Or I suppose you could say like uh, old wines or old whiskeys or whatever, right? Better with time to a certain point and the declining curve. Oh, like everything in the universe is a bell curve. a diva break sorry podcast listeners okay so shelf life is a big thing to think about if you're going to make anything perishable anything you always have this balancing act of how much do i make to make sure I have shit to fulfill orders timely versus it does it how, how fast does it degrade? Does it taste like shit a week after? Or is it 99.9% is good? You gotta figure that stuff out. Um right with my coffee, I make that pretty much to order. I get about a week ahead on my Brian's blood inside of two, three weeks can't effing tell uh but people that are paying for single origin made to order that's the deal you get made to order coffee you get made to order coffee uh so uh right that that puts a premium on my time because when they order i gotta go make the coffee that's why i charge so much for it right because you're buying my time inventory risk is shelf life and inventory risk are zero uh and Right, I have a coffee club that sells the finest coffees on the planet, air roasted, so much healthier. Uh, but it it is generating orders every month that just have to go out that are specified of what people want specifically. Right, so on my coffee beans, I have almost no inventory risk in the green form. Green coffee beans are good for like two years. They don't degrade. So, but not the time that I have. Yeah, good luck keeping them in stock. Uh, so, my inventory risk on coffee is about zip. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. In coffee, I have commodity risk. Uh, so, my commodity risk in coffee, right, is the thing that I use 
to produce the thing that I sell is an agricultural commodity, right? A bag of coffee is one ingredient, coffee. It's not like I can find a substitute for that 15th ingredient on my list that almost works as good, change my cookie recipe slightly, right? Or I can't do that. I have one item that's in that bag, coffee. I could adjust where I buy it, right? What countries of origin that I, for my blends, for my Fairtrade Organic Espresso and my Brian's blend, I'm kind of locked into the coffees that I get. So I have commodity risk for that business. That is its risk. Um, so I pay a lot of attention to what green coffee beans are selling for globally, what the spread is for quality. <clears throat> Can you get them shipped? What's the shipping time, right? It's my biggest risk in that little thing that I do. So I pay attention to that and I mitigate against it, right? I pay attention when I perceive the market is low because I watch it so much. I buy more coffee beans or I put more orders in, right? And when it's high, I try to run my inventory down a little bit wait for another low big risk because I could get stuck low and have to order at the worst time. So <clears throat> whatever you're going to run as your, as your business or your investment, understand what the real risks are. So right. That's if you're going to put your money at risk in a business. You want to do things that cash flow massively positive multiples, <clears throat> multiples on the upside, right? Hardly any way to get burned on the downside, minimize your fixed cost so that you don't get into something, find out like, whoa, there's no market here and have all these fixed costs that you are stuck and cannot get out of. Boom, bankruptcy. That's called boom. Uh, so. The other way to make money, right? We talked about you could buy stocks, but you're all at the risk of their bullshit for, you know, what? Returns in the teens, barely staying ahead of inflation? Probably not. Uh, so other things that cash flow. Okay. The other thing is things that cash flow and appreciate right so cash flow plus appreciate and if you want to get super tricky cash flow that is appreciating while at the same time on your books depreciating <laughs> equals money for you to live on now and to have a large asset later to take a loan against to buy another income producing asset. 
it's a self-perpetuating money machine once you can get in at a level that you can play getting in with borrowed money is a little risky because if it goes south on you you have to make the loan on no money minus money what the hell is that scrambling talking about what the fuck okay so real estate Okay, you guys all just thought condos, apartments, and houses. Ha! I was thinking runways and boat docks. Real estate. It's all just rentable shit to somebody that has a need for a place but doesn't want to be there permanently or doesn't want to own the thing. Because they just need it for a bit. Right? Real estate. <laughs> okay, the first rules. Location, location, and location. Yeah, that's the first rule. Fucking location. It's the only rule. Location is what makes a property or a place or a piece of real estate real estate means it's in a place a real estate it doesn't fucking move it has a coordinates on a map the thing that makes it valuable is its location ah location to what that's the question people traffic not traffic quiet not ocean whatever location so make sure the thing that you're buying is in the fucking greatest location for the thing or you're getting massively underpriced thing because it's going to be a good location in the future thus why i buy in ghettos that i know the population pattern ripples out from cities it goes back to my wave theory <laughs> It's all a fucking wave, right? It's all a wave. We only see parts of it in graph form, right? Because we're only alive for part of it. But it's all a wave. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, someone moves to an empty space. Friends come, business come. City gets developed. City gets maximum amount of people it can handle. City starts getting too many people. The shitheads come. The crackheads come. The whores come. Oh. All the good people move out of the city. Oh. Guess what I try to move in. Right? Boom. Oh, let's clean this city up. We need to gentrify. Oh, get out of here, Riffy Ralph. Oh, let's get some fancy people in. Oh, time to GTFO. So, it's so easy. Where people are running away from, figure out why they're running away from it. And if it won't kill you, 
Bam. Go do it. The, uh, no, no, shit. Okay. So the very first place I ever bought was down on the Des Moines, Washington waterfront. You could Google it. It's the little uh, gray apartments on 6th Avenue, back off the water. Um, Two-story townhouses. I bought it for zero dollars down. Zero. Listen, kids, real estate. Zero. Guess how much money came out of my pocket to buy that place? Zero dollars. I had a fucking job. That's it. Had a job with the W-2 that said I would work for the fucking man for money. I would trade my time for money. That's all the banks want. That's all they want. They want to know you will trade your time for money. So when the government is offering zero percent loans or fucking near, when it's zero down, 3.2% for 30 years, that's zero percent. That's zero money. That's fucking nothing. Take the free money. First time home buyer stuff, there's tons everywhere. Take the free money. But what were the what's the first rule? Location, location, location. Take the free money and pretend that you're absolutely broken. It's your last penny on earth. And if you spend it poorly, you're instantaneously going to be struck down with a lightning bolt. So make sure that you get the cheapest lot in the entire city that sells the year that you buy yours. If you can't say that, you didn't shop hard enough. So buy the piece of coal with a little bit of calling in a dumpster and literally going through the property for the first two days, like 20 hours of busting ass, you could like instantaneously make 50 grand by just throwing shit away or cleaning the place up. Boom. There's so many deals like that out there. That's what you do for your first place. You get a place with 0% down, first time home buyer money because you got a job that you spend hardly any time at because you're going to work on your real estate game. Right? Just enough money to get qualified. And if you have to, you get two of your homies to sign you rental agreements so that when you buy your three bedroom, two bathroom house, right? You've already got two renters. So now guess what? Two renters. You need to make less money to qualify for the house. So when you're like, hey, I'm only a bartender at Applebee's. I can't fucking buy a house. Uh, yeah, you can. You grab two of the waiters and you go, hey, dumb fucks, sign this lease. So when I go buy this house, you are my renters, right? They count that as income for the loan that you're going to get zero down. It's not going to cost you a dollar to buy a house. You're going to get two homies to sign yourself a lease. Now you've got renters. And you know what? If they flake you, who gives a fuck? So many people need places to rent right now. It doesn't matter. You'll have a rented in like three weeks. Yeah. So you buy your first place for nothing. You get a couple of renters, right? Now, your first place is probably going to be like, meh, 200 grand. I think a nut on 200 grand right now is like uh, 1500 a month. So you're going to charge the two jamokes like 750 a month for rent, 700, whatever, 1400. Your nuts 
15 plus taxes, 17. All right. So you work an age, able fucking adult. What your rent's now like $230 a month. <laughs> okay. So you pretend to pay yourself the same rent they're paying, right? Then you throw your 800 in the fucking envelope a month. You pay the mortgage. You save the other 650 because you're going to need a roof and you bought a fixer upper. And if you don't spend it on that shit, guess what you're doing? Piling up money to buy next house. Yes. It's called a sinking fund. When you buy real estate, have a sinking fund because you know what? Furnaces blow the fuck up and roofs fly off. And, you know, not everybody just winds to their insurance guy and like defrauds the shit out of them and gets their shit paid for for free. <laughs> Some people like do stuff on their own. Like, just do it. Like, it's a sinking fund. You know shit will break. You will need money for that shit. You should start saving it before you buy the thing. So, cool thing with real estate though, right? You rent your two bedrooms to your buddies. You are almost at positive cash flow. So you were going to have to live somewhere anyway. So really you are at negative. You're making money already. But whatever. You're at zero. The underlying asset, the house. <clears throat> is going up at whatever real estate goes up in your area. And because you bought the best fucking deal in your entire city that year, right? Because you shopped the mortgage foreclosures, quick sales, repos, behind in their taxes, right? You made those little signs that said, you need to sell, we're buying houses, all that bullshit. You did whatever your angle was to get the steal. So you got the steal, which means now as the market is starting to appreciate, you were undervalued to the market. You're going to do little things to just bring yourself up to the market because we're not looking at selling this place yet. We're just looking at getting it in the ball game to make money. So... Now, you did a little tiny bit of work. You got your place rentable for market rent. Now, you're paying almost nothing. Haha. -ha. So you thought. That's day one. Day one. Okay. You signed a 30-year, 3-4% note at whatever, right? Your payment is fixed. Now, your property taxes, those aren't fucking fixed until you fix your Karen neighbors and tell them to stop voting for shit that costs more money. Right, and your insurance is not fixed. That'll go up, and that's all part of your payment on real estate. So, a small part of your payment is insurance. And, yeah, insurance and property taxes, right? So, 
20% of your mortgage payment will continually inflate, right? That doesn't mean the mortgage payment inflates. It means the cost of government and the cost of insurance for your place will inflate. Your payments will go up, but they won't go up that much unless you live in fucking crazy town state with so many carrots and bah. I'll tell you, 10 years ago, uh, so this place, property tax has gone up 400% in 10 years, right? Because they increase and then they increase on the increase, right? So the same effect of why real estate's great because you're making money on the increase on the increase, governments are too. That's why they love it so much. Right, because you keep making more on the more on the more on the more. It's a good thing to parlay up it in. So day one, cash flow, right? Spendable money. We might be at zero. We might be slightly negative. A couple hundred bucks. First day. Let's just say you found a job someplace you don't fucking completely hate. You found a trade that you love to just go do. And at five o'clock when the whistle blows or three or whatever, boom, boom, you're out fishing and riding quads and having some fun and living a life. Yeah, it's perfect. It's five years. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to say you're five. Now, five years later, how much has the rental market gone up? If you're in Seattle, it would be like 200%. I don't know. Other markets, probably not that much. But at least in five years, at least 50%, probably more like 100%. Let's say 50 just for fun. What did we say that note was uh, fifteen hundred bucks? Dudes were paying fourteen hundred, right? So now your note is still fifteen, and your rent on your tenants is up fifty percent. So now it's twenty one hundred. So now your plus six hundred a month plus. You've been working the whole time and throwing your nut in every month, right? You might have needed it to work on that place. We'll say you did. We'll say you used it all up for doing repair and maintenance. Five years later, you now have a $600 positive cash flow out of your rent you have to claim the rents as rents which is income it's passive income right you get to also take depreciation which means your house is worth less on paper to the accountants it's not really 
just setting a basis for taxation lower. But if you're not buying McMansions, if, as long as you live in the residence for more than like two years, not tax advice, look all this shit up. It changes so fast, nobody can know. Um, when you go to sell it, as long as you're buying more real estate, it's not taxed anyway. So trust me, they wrote the real estate rules because the big motherfuckers are all deep in real estate. And it's so creative that why wouldn't <laughs> and remember you get to play with the exact same rules they do the exact same rules so if you're bitching about somebody doing something and not paying or not getting busted, whatever right the rules are the same figure them out not that tough i'm telling you right now uh, so anyway, so after five years, you're plus like 600 bucks, right? Your nut is not going up. Shit. What's this look like after like, let's say you're halfway through your note. It's 15 years later, right? You've been working at your fun gig. Fuck, you might've started your own company by now. You're probably not living there anymore. Be my guess, right? be my guess probably moved on and bought another place because you're rolling it and you like to play or you became like a like a traveling nurse holy shit have you seen how much those guys make uh, by taking assignments all over instead of any particular place and you ditch the house and you just fucking live in your kick-ass winnie or whatever right so now <laughs> your house is renting 15 years later, you're renting the whole house. Probably for something like 4K. Right? And your your mortgage on it's $1,500. So she's throwing off $2,500 more a month than you owe the bank. Remember, Real estate, when you sign that 30-year mortgage, you agree to a set amount for 30 years. And since the Fed has now just said, fuck it, we're going to print, fuck it, we are going to print. And they are going to run inflation. That's stupid numbers, right? Remember, most minimum wage, most low-end jobs, Three years ago, just three years ago, we're paying seven, eight bucks an hour. Think about it. Pretty much everywhere, they're 12 to 15. Out here, 20 to 30. Right? Three years. Real estate, 30-year notes. If you can fucking cash flow a place or come near cash flowing a place with some rentals, Near day one? Okay. Because remember, we're only talking about cash flow. The asset. Year one, right? You made zero. It's worth what you paid for it. Well, shit. Year five? This place had already gone up like 30, 40%, you know? What did we say that place was? 200K? 
uh, in the example, right? So Jesus, so you make, uh, so you're five. Yeah. Place is probably worth 300,000. You already made 100K when you want to take it. If you're 15, when you're out at your other place, the place is probably worth somewhere around 500,000. Right? So you, your, your underlying asset, the property itself is inflating with the crazy printing because it's a real thing that doesn't really lose its value. It loses its value on paper, on the book, on depreciation, but that's just for cash, cash flow purposes. It doesn't really lose its value. If you keep your place up or make it cooler, right? You can always make it cooler. Um, so, cash flow, cash flow. Okay. The other thing, right? How can you multiply your cash flows off of it, right? Can you put a mother in law, can you buy it today? rent out a room or two and put a mother-in-law in the back or could you do like a garage conversion with like some of your sweat equity go get a bunch of free materials because you scavenged them all off craigslist right and over time year or two build yourself a mother-in-law that becomes another rental now you're multiplying your cash flows on it, right which gets you to your second place faster which gets you to cap like Oof. Remember how we talked about like making one dollar into two dollars and then making the money machine, right? Or don't spend it. Parlay up, right? And make it into four dollars. So if you can find a trade or a Thing or something that you can do outside, right? Because you had to do something to first earn and save so you could invest. If you keep that machine rolling because you love it anyway, and you can let your money just keep compounding, just it's like playing craps and just parlay, parlay, boom, 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 you own the house. But Remember, wave theory. Always a wave. Always a wave. Be aware of why you're buying, when you're buying, where you're buying. Make sure you're buying at the bottom of the wave and liquidating your asset at the top of the wave. Right? I know with this particular place I'm in right now as my city farm, I missed the fucking wave. I bought at the bottom for sure. I missed the cycle. That's okay. We've we've definitely come over the top in Seattle. Shit's slowing down. The crazy kook money's going away. Except I think the problem is this part's going to be this part's going to be low before we go back up. 
So on paper, I'm going to take it in the butt for a bit, but uh, yeah, coastal real estate, a mile from a vault launch to the Pacific Ocean. I'm not worried about it. Uh, but that is why I'm focusing on my cash flow game for this asset right now, right? Because it's not going to be the time to cash this out for another 10 years now. Whatever. We'll see how long this debacle takes. But so that's why I'm getting my Airbnb game so strong and working on my space, right? Making sure that everybody that stays here has a great time. We only get five-star uh, ratings, right? So working on cleaning the place up so that we can have, uh, we can do more teaching and stuff, right? I can use my real estate asset to produce more cash flow since I know I'm not going to take up a cash out on it on this cycle. So yeah, think about things in your life as far as what are you investing in? Is it a fixed asset? Is it a cash flow generation machine? Right? If it's fixed, will it beat market inflation? If it's cash flow, what are your multiples? And what are the timing of the multiples? Right? Really look at your risk versus your reward and all that good stuff all that good stuff but shit don't do something that you hate you'll just hate it even more gotta be something you love you know and even inside the microcosm of i didn't know i was go so deep on real estate but for cash flow examples it's so great but real estate right when i first wrote that up there you guys were probably all thinking like houses I was thinking runways and boat docks, uh, hangers, shit like that, golf courses. Uh, do what you love, right? Um, now that I've worked on uh, land clearing projects to create Camp Suniki. Oh, yeah, yeah, here, I'm going to throw that in the comments. Camp Suniki. Uh, ah, somebody actually just posted on there right now. Uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you Google that or duck, duck, go camp Suniki, uh, place will come right up. But yeah, that was, that was eight foot overgrown blackberry thorn scotch broom infested shit land that a timber company had raped and just left for dead like 12 years ago um, and of course I bought it when it looked its absolute worst and the owners were way behind on their taxes uh, right because I hunted and hunted and hunted to get the deal I got the cheapest real estate sold in Pierce County per acre that year because I spent 52 weeks to hunt me a deal. Uh, yeah, we're looking at distressed properties all around the country right now. We're looking at a, uh, we're looking at a three bedroom fixer upper five acres in Kentucky right now for like 54,000 slash make offer. I mean, shit. Five acres and a rentable space, 54,000. Okay. I'm at least curious. <laughs> I'm at least curious. 
So the cool thing about real estate is, right, once you let the underlying asset parlay up and just not touch it, don't keep taking fucking loans against it, leave it alone. Let it grow. The underlying asset will grow up to be worth multiples of what you originally paid for it. That land I bought is already worth like six times what I paid for it in, uh, I don't know, seven years. <laughs> so, yeah, multiples, right? By buying right, it appreciates faster than everything around it because it's catching up to the market as I beautify the property, right, to bring it up to market standard. So what would that cost me? I don't know. Time on a tractor. That's an expense. And I love driving around tractors. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I got to do what I love to do and uh, made money, but didn't make cash flow. I haven't realized the profit. It's not touchable by old snarky uncle, right? Because he doesn't get any hands off until I sell it. And when I sell it, I'm going to do something else with it, so it's not going to be taxable anyway. But, all right, all right. Uh, hey, Rach, how are you? Good to see you. Oh, you probably just got off work. I've been going way too fucking long. I'm going to get off because I'm sure I'm boring everybody to death. Um, anyway, go listen on the new Fountain FM if you're a podcast person. Fountain FM. I'm going to go set up a promotion by the time this gets to the podcast. Today or tomorrow, uh, I'll have a promotion set up so you can make some Satoshis if you listen. Tell a friend. Uh, if you're on YouTube or Odyssey, click the like and the little uh, dingy dingy button so I'll pop up. And uh, those of you out there that are on Unloose the Goose After Party, I'll see you at 6 p.m. Central. The link is on the uh, the chat, folks, Telegram group, so go hit the link there. Everybody else, tune in. It'll be up on the Telegram. It'll be up on the UTG after party. Uh, if you want to buy the best coffee in the world, foodforestfarms.com. <laughs> Join the coffee club. Make Joe happy. Come on, do it for Joe. Not Brandon. Chicken Joe. Fuck Brandon. All right. All right. Oh, I love you guys. Have a great day. I will see you on the after party in just a little bit here. Woo! Happy solstice. Food Forest Farms Coffee Club. Well, what is that? I'll tell you. For 40 bucks a month, you get old scrambling with his over a two decades experience in the specialty coffee industry roasting two pounds of coffee for you on a certified micro batch clean air roaster now if you just said what the hell did he just say go to foodforestfarms.com and click on the coffee information or the coffee logo and go read all the stuff I have to talk about clean air roasting and why a better technology with superior beans makes an incredible cup of coffee. So basically, 
for the same price that you will pay Starbucks for single origin coffees. You'll pay me. You will get coffee delivered to your door as well as an NFT to my coffee club, which will also get you four tickets a year free to thesquatchfest.com. So twice a year you get four tickets to the Squatch Fest. You get half off at any workshops or seminars that I'm putting on at my place. And you get a direct pipeline to me, business consulting, advice, whatever. Lots of people find 40 bucks of value out of the two bags of coffee and all the other benefits. So join us, foodforestfarms.com. Join the coffee club today. All right, see ya.